morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea, and of course all the way across the sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here on another wild, whimsical Wednesday for Torch Report 536. <laughs> Neuralink will let you live forever, but only if you can survive the upcoming 2024 election. Friends, today we are going to meander through the mazes of possibilities and see if we can find ourselves a way out of this mess. But first, as I was saying yesterday, MAGA goes to war with Taylor Swift. That's a headline right out on uh, Drudge Report today. And as I was pointing out, yesterday's Torch Report 535, the Taylor Swift PSYOP, uh, it's no longer Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, right? That's not what this election's all about. Now it's American patriots against a propped up deep state puppet. It's we the people against a seductive super influencer who can register 35,000 useful idiots to vote for the crusty old sock puppet in a single social media post. So how can we compete with that? You know, how can we compete with the proliferation of propaganda, with the endless algorithmic interventions, with the billionaire class who's bought off our elections? How? How can we compete against the agonizing degree of apathy? How do we compete against the loss of appetite for anything resembling hardship and struggle against the deteriorating spirit of resistance? How, friends? Tell me now! I believe that the unvarnished truth is that we cannot compete with these forces, at least not head on. Every indication right now is that the secret cabal that's working to tear down the United States, they, they're going to have their way with us in this election cycle, just as they have in the past. So a hung election in a civil war? Yeah, well, it seems unthinkable. And yet the stage is set and they've told us essentially that's their plan. So it reminds me of a discussion I was recently having with a friend uh, who was questioning the realities surrounding that scenario, the scenario of a hung election in a civil war. He's asking, like, how does that play out? You know, can can you actually imagine millions of Americans battling it out in the streets? Think about the divide between liberals in urban metro areas and patriots in small town USA. How could they ever possibly square off? It doesn't it doesn't really make sense. There's no clear picture of that. And of course, these are all good questions. And admittedly, I think the idea of a full on kinetic war seems pretty improbable. You know, we're not living in the 1860s anymore. And American society has changed in very dramatic ways since then. So I think, you know, more than anything else, it's the character and the perspectives that are that's currently held by the majority of American citizens that has undergone an absolutely radical transformation. I don't know that the the spirit of resistance is alive and well enough to to foment a civil war. So, you know, just kind of thinking it through and chewing on it, you know, you think about it, what's going to happen? You know, are are the snowflakes going to take up arms? (laughs) No, of course not, you know. We know that there are plenty of militant Trantifa types who would be ready and willing to throw down, you know, men dressed up like women and women dressed up like men, angry at the world and willing to pull the trigger. But come on, honestly, they're going to get their asses handed to them. And the same thing goes for all those black clad radical Antifa anarchists. You know, if all hell breaks loose, the good old boys are going to quickly put them in their place. So where will all the soldiers that would be required for a civil war come from? 
that's the question. Who exactly would the Patriots be fighting against, you know? And, and coming at that question even from the right side, and again, this is based on a conversation of a friend was, you know, kind of put, putting these challenging questions out there. Coming at the question from the right side, you know, how many American Patriots are actually going to step up and pull the trigger against people in their own hometowns? I mean, it's absolutely sickening. Just thinking about it, if you think about it, you, who wants to have the wafting stench of death, you know, floating through their hometown? Not me, not you, I'm guessing, you know, no. So, friends, I contend that there will be, I should say my, my friend contends that there will be no civil war. The pieces just aren't there. Even if that's what the globalists are attempting to orchestrate, which I do believe that they are, they don't have the right components to spark this whole sort of vicious kind of alchemy to snowball everything. But, but, as we were chewing the cut on this sticky situation, I made the point to my friend that all it takes is really one large conflict or perhaps several smaller, smaller skirmishes. And if they, if they get that, then they can pull it off. If they get, you know, one group to go up in arms and they can get the video crews out there and all that kind of stuff, you know, they, they can get the footage the optics that they need to kind of pull this off. And I think one must consider the optics because it's really all about the optics. And to grasp what I mean, just think about the violent insurrection on January 6th. Radical right-wing extremists stormed the Capitol, unleashed all types of violence and terror, and nearly toppled our democracy. That's the story. They've even got footage to prove it, right? I mean, they displayed the videos of violent MAGA extremists assaulting police officers, breaking down barricades, and desecrating the hallowed halls of Congress as all the politicians and their staff fled to safety through secret tunnels. I mean, they were just barely escaping with their lives. That's the story. And they broadcast this story in a weeks-long you know, weeks series of carefully staged hearings, all of which were designed for dramatic effect and maximum emotional impact. If you recall the, uh, the J6 show trials, they even brought in the media mogul James Goldston, producer of Good Morning America and Nightline. They brought him in to turn the show trials into this blockbuster investigative special. Uh, I did put a, a link to a prior report, Torch Report 134, how they're rewriting history in real time. That comes from the summer of 2022. So it's in there if you want to see how they used the show trials to rewrite history. Clearly, they were not looking for answers. They were not looking for justice. Rather, they were looking for revenge. They were looking for a chance to orchestrate staged optics so that they could rewrite history in real time, and it worked. As a consequence, American patriots are still being tracked down and rounded up to this very day for doing little more than exercising their constitutionally protected right to petition the government for grievances. Think about it. And of course, let's not forget the persecuted souls who are now rotting away in the D.C. gulag on hyped up charges, living in deplorable conditions and being treated like terrorists while their families continue to grieve and their children grow up without a dad and all of that kind of stuff. Think about it, friends. How bad does it have to get before people say enough is enough? Enough is enough. You know, I'll say it, you'll say it, we'll all say it together. Enough is enough. But unfortunately, very, very unfortunately, there are not enough people who see it that way. 
And thus, the insanity, the abuse, the long train of usurpations continues. Unabated. Uh, Paul had a steam right here. And again, friends, it's all about the optics. You know, millions of Americans believe that Biden's economy is booming, that Donald Trump is a wannabe dictator, and that MAGA Republicans are violent right-wing extremists. They say it damn near every day. It's plastered all over throughout the liberal media echo chamber. So we cannot deny it. And I think we would be foolish to make light of the fact that they're painting it and portraying it this way. Like I was saying at the outset, you know, the deck is stacked against us here. And in many, many ways, there's, we simply can't compete. There's no way that we can compete with the media in that sense. That said, can't, can't do a goddamn thing. <laughs> That's what my mother always said. So we can say we can't compete with that, but we can't say what well, we can't compete at all, right? We can do something. We have to do something. Uh, we must do something. Resist, we must, as I love to say. But how? How do we resist, friends? Hold on to your hats, because things are about to get bumpy. But first, let's go ahead and zoom way out. Zoop! We're going to go out for a bigger picture here. Right now, there's a standoff in the United States. There's an eerie calm before the storm. The tension in the air is palpable. The place feels like a powder keg ready to blow. Everyone seems to be on edge, waiting for someone to do something. But the slow roll of insanity continues on its steady march towards collective tyranny. Right now, the enemy has us right where they want us. Disturbed and upset and unsure, you know. We're upset by what's going on. Disturbed by what's going on. But unsure what the hell to do about it. It's not that patriots have any confusion about what's happening right now or how wrong it is. Or even what ultimately must be done about it. People know. It's that patriots are unsure how to proceed. There is a void of leadership, and that is not by accident. So we must ask, where are the military personnel who've sworn to protect our country? Where are the law enforcement officers who have sworn to uphold the law? Where are the veterans who have sacrificed so much abroad only to come home and witness the utter destruction of the country they love? Where are they now? Where are the mothers and the fathers who are tired of the state indoctrinating and abusing their children? Where are the motivated and ambitious young Americans who do want to preserve the blessings of liberty that they've so generously inherited from prior generations? Friends, where are the Americans who are willing to stand up? And I'll tell you what, I bet you can find all of them looking at their phones. <gasps> oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, think about it here, you know, maybe they're watching Netflix, maybe they're grabbing a Starbucks, maybe they're, they're enjoying a first class, you know, first world meal, but the phones, everyone has a phone, all these would-be patriots have phones, and the phones have algorithms, and of course the algorithms are magic. Parents in Montana just had their 14-year-old daughter medically kidnapped by the state so that she can be chemically mutilated into a trans transgender queer. Where were the family and friends? Where were their neighbors? Well, they were probably on their phones. A courageous Christian veteran, Michael Cassidy, he just tore down a satanic shrine that was erected in the Iowa State Capitol building, and now he's being charged with a felony hate crime. And again... Where's his support? Where's the Calvary? They're probably on their phones too. Europe 
has erupted in widespread protests over the radical climate agenda that's threatening their food supply. Desperate farmers are using their tractors to clog the arteries of government. And so why aren't American farmers doing something similar? Well, that's right. They're probably on their phones. Safe and secure and comfy and cozy, Americans can now watch what's happening in the world around them on their shiny, flashing screens. They can even give a thumbs up when they see someone rebel. Or better yet, they can take to social media to, to really give the government a piece of their minds. And they can do it all on their phones. Friends, don't get me wrong. Of course, smart, smartphones can be very powerful tools. They can be indispensable for business, for checking in on current events, for staying in touch with loved ones. It's not all bad. But have you checked your screen time lately? <laughs> you know, I, matter of fact, uh, my daughter's phone, uh, you know, gives the little update, check your screen time. And so she checked hers and then she's looking at it. She said, Dad, what's your screen time? Hey, Mom, what's your screen time? You know, we're all checking our screen time. And it's, it's really something to do that. Uh, you might check your screen time and see. Check your kid's screen time and see. How much time are we plugged into the Matrix? Did you know that today tech giants are testifying on Capitol Hill about the damage being caused by these profit-driven tech addictions? These devices are designed to capture and control your mind. The algorithms are working their dark magic 24-7 to manipulate your emotions, to make subconscious suggestions, to warp your world view. I contend that's why we're in the mess that we're in right now. The algorithms seek to pacify and contain you, to trap you in a world of illusions, in a world of artificial stimulation, false hope, and never-ending distractions. This is how the ruling class has managed to come so far so fast. I also believe this is why they're so bold. Humanity has never seen anything like it. And if we're honest, friends, we must acknowledge that they're just getting started. These things aren't going to go away. As of today, Elon Musk announced that his new, with his new Neuralink brain chip, we were just talking about it yesterday, right? The first cyborg is born. Now you can save your brain like a video game. Musk promises that if you were to die today with a brain chip in, you know, your state could be returned in the form of another human body. Just take the chip out of your dead, lifeless body, plug it into another clone or what have you, and ta-da, you know, you can live forever. You know, you can be immortal thanks to modern technology. Now, of course, <laughs> for, for many different reasons, this is all highly objectionable. It's exceedingly precarious. It's a very, very dangerous proposition to put a brain chip in your brain. Uh, not the least of which, for different reasons, like I said, but not the least of which, if you think about uh, today, FBI Director Christopher Wray, he's out warning Americans that Chinese hackers are preparing to wreak havoc on our communities, crippling our infrastructure, potentially shutting down the grid, and causing widespread, quote-unquote, real-world harm. They're going to inflict the pain. It wouldn't surprise me a bit if they inflicted this pain uh, intentionally from, you know, from some inside operative. But nevertheless, if you think about brain chips coming out and people being plugged into the, in the matrix in that, to that degree, completely integrated... Uh, biotech, if you will. Can you imagine if evil hackers were literally able to hack your brain? I mean, yikes, (laughs) you know, no brain chip for me. Thank you very much. That's a hard pass. But, but, but millions upon millions, billions,
millions of human beings will be persuaded. They will be inundated. They will fear that they are missing out. They will feel like they're being left behind and their phones will make it so. Every time you hear a ding, every time you look at the screen, there's the reminder that people are getting brain implants, you know, or whatever the next thing is. But hey, hey, don't worry about that. That's not a big deal. You know, Donald Trump just got nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, okay, cool. All right. You know, Ron DeSantis has called for Elon Omar's deportation. That Somali, uh, she needs to get kicked out. But, you know, House Speaker Ron Johnson, he's sticking to his guns. He's standing alongside his fellow Christian extremists and all that. So, I mean, it's not all bad, right, Luke? You know, even Joe Rogan's openly declaring that the left has become a cult and he's decrying the fact that much of the country has gone full-blown communist. So, I mean, people are waking up, right? Right? And the truth is, yeah, that's all true. It's certainly not all bad. You know, life is still good, fundamentally good. You know, people are waking up and that's good too. But unless there is massive pushback, Unless there is a rekindling of resistance and a revival of the American spirit, in all likelihood, it's going to be too little too late. You know, and besides that, friends, if war does break out, if they get their way here, they still control the optics. So our options are pretty limited. Right now, we're facing very hard choices that cannot be made on our phones. We must awake from the matrix and choose to live free or die because that's not only the battle cry of the American spirit, but that's the only way we're going to get the hell out of this mess. And, and we have to remind ourselves that nobody gets out of life alive. We need to be willing to risk our comfort, risk our reputations, risk whatever we must risk to take the risk to not just reclaim the reins of government, but to protect our families from the tyranny, the boot of tyranny that's trying to stomp upon our necks right now. So anyway, friends, that's, that's really the message of my heart for today. I can't believe I, I got through it so quick. <laughs> you know, the, as far as the prospects of a hung election and a civil war, you know, n- nobody knows how this is all going to go. You know, all we can do is prepare ourselves for that worst case scenario that the CCP does take down the grid, uh, that civil war does break out in the streets or what have you. Prepare for the worst, but honestly plan for the best case scenario. This is I believe a slow roll of insanity and and so much of the psyop impact is really just keeping us in that state of not knowing. So we need to get clear on what can be done. We need to take practical, tactical action at the local level to make sure that we have uh, local liberty-loving leaders who are willing to stand up against the tyranny of the state and the federal government. This is where we can get some traction at the grassroots level to have a positive impact rather than just sit back and uh, wait for that worst-case scenario to happen. And most importantly, I think, in all of that is, is our choosing, again, to step out of the comfort zone, but choosing to engage civic engagement, choosing to engage in public conversation, talking to our friends and families, talking to people at the grocery store and the bank about what the hell is going on. So to help do that, friends, it would mean a lot if you share the Torch Report far and wide. Uh, That is, of course, the greatest honor of all. If you're enjoying this podcast, it would also mean a lot if you went to thetorchreport.com. Check out the website, thetorchreport.com, and find that little heart. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Friends, get out there and embrace the rest of this wild, whimsical Wednesday. Stay wise, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.